This is the Entrepreneurial CPA Podcast, teaching you how to think outside the box to become entrepreneurial leaders by reconceptualizing the accounting industry. We sit down with some of the most interesting and innovative leaders in the accounting landscape and get a chance to learn from them, gain key insight into their knowledge and what drives success in their lives. I'm Garrett Wagner, Entrepreneurial CPA Channel host, and we hope you learn something new from today's episode. Now, our normal host, the man looking to the future, Christopher Kelly, isn't available today, so I'm going to fill in, so I'm going to turn it over to myself. I'm Garrett Wagner, Entrepreneurial CPA, and I cannot wait to talk today's podcast guests. We're lucky to be joined by Amy Franco. She's a strategic sales expert, right? Sales expert, sales leader, and most importantly, she's an entrepreneur at heart. She's got a new book out, The Modern Seller. It's a number one, that's right, number one release on Amazon. And you need to check it out because for all of us entrepreneurial CPAs and accountants, we know we need to do some help and training on the sales and business development side. So Amy, I've been looking forward to this chat for a while now since I first came across your profile on social media. And I've got to say, I love your book and I especially love those five dimensions of a modern seller. I love that, you know, those for everyone watching today, listening, the five dimensions really strongly overlap with the challenges the accounting landscape is going through and our pivot from backwards looking compliance accountants to forward looking advisors. So Amy, I can't wait to talk about that. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here, Garrett. Um, so let's really kind of start way back at the beginning. You know, how did you make the leap from working inside an organization to founding your own training institute? Yeah, so, so where I got my start was in technology, and I worked for IBM and for Lenovo, and I was in what you would call pretty traditional B2B type of selling role. I had a defined territory, I had a defined product set, defined client set, et cetera, and um, so that's really where, where I got my start. And then I decided to take the pivot into entrepreneurship about 12 years ago, and I took an entirely different pivot from technology and into uh, learning and development and started a learning and development company. And that, ha that has morphed over the years. And what it looks like today is working in professional services, uh, insurance and technology and helping them accelerate their business development results through training. What made you make that such drastic pivot from business to business sales to training and development? Yeah, so uh, I get that question a lot. And probably one of the biggest differences was going from this, this defined territory in B2B to um, it's still B2B, but it's more, much more of an entrepreneurial selling environment where I, I went from having a defined client set to really having to think much more strategically about the types of clients I wanted to work with and how was I going to go to market. So a lot of different things beyond just uh, identifying a client need and or, you know, earning a piece of business. It, it's a much bigger, much bigger piece of the pie. Um, you know, I've always wanted to do something entrepreneurial. And I think that's always been in my DNA. And so at the time, I, I had an opportunity uh, to, to partner with another firm here in the Columbus area to get into the learning and development space and just decided to take that chance. I, I really specifically remember saying, you know, I don't want to look back in you know, 10 years is still going to go by, right? I don't want to look back in 10 years and say, I really wish I would have taken that shot, that opportunity. Um, so so that's, that's a little bit in a nutshell about 
how I made the pivot and it's, it's one foot in front of the other. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about that a lot to people too, of how do you make that entrepreneurial pivot? At some point you just got to take a step. Yep. And, yep. And where it leads you. I, there were a lot of things I, I've started to get comfortable with um, and I've become comfortable with the idea that you, you don't know what you don't know and you can't possibly have all the pieces put together before you make a decision. And, you know, even if we apply this to, you know, someone who's listening, you're inside a, a firm today, maybe there's a new innovative service line that you're trying to create. You can't possibly know all of the information. At some point, we have to take a strategic risk and experiment and see where that takes us. Yeah, and that's a big part of making that pivot. We talk about from moving from compliance based. You're always in the past. You're reporting on something that happened in the past. So yeah, two right. plus two equals four. That already happened. Now going forward, you don't know, and we've got to be comfortable with that. So something else you said I really like because it's something we've all got to remember, no matter what your business is. As you said, you had to figure out like who your target customers were. Yep. So how important is that? We'll tie that back to kind of like the sales train. How important is that to sales business development? It's just that realization that there's a, a target and not just anyone. Yeah, no, it's mission critical. And, and I can be just very transparent here. That's been a work in progress for me to, to say when, when you're an entrepreneurial seller, you have this whole wide open space. And part of the discipline of being successful in that way is to find where your best sweet spots are. And so it, it's been a process to land on uh, the industry's uh, professional services, which is still a very broad industry in insurance and technology to say, okay, this is where, this is where I'm putting my line in the sand and where I want to put all of my outbound marketing business development efforts so that I can become laser focused. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I learned is to make that, to make that uh, shift into that advisor, trusted advisor type of role, we have to become experts in our clients' businesses. And for me, the only way that I've been able to do that is to work on the discipline of focusing on target markets. Yeah, and that's some, I, I see a lot of CPA firms out there, they, they never kind of got that. It's just, they're, who's their target client? A warm body becomes that problem of like, okay, what really, who is your target client? And sometimes on the firm side, it's as granular as like, what accounting software do they use? Because if we're really good at QuickBooks, it doesn't make sense to bring on a lot of clients to use FreshBooks and I have no idea how to use it. And there's this huge learning curve. So really kind of say, no, then you're not my fit for me. Like, here's what I do. And with an example like that, where, where we can really get caught up is if we are, um, if we have an expertise in a certain area, a certain technology like that, it's really easy to underestimate the investment that needs to be made to become an expert in another technology. Whether it, it, there's skill building, there is other type of people and hiring investment, there's a really big lift in making that type of pivot instead of being an expert in one area and really, really going deep and building our expertise in that. Yeah, no, that's, that's the most the basic starting point to kind of the sales funnel. So to kind of continue diving these questions on entrepreneurship, because we, we believe in that so strongly, what does entrepreneurship mean to you? Like, how do you define that in your kind of life and your journey? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
so the entrepreneurial dimension is one of the five that I dig into in the modern seller. And the way that I like to define it is if you think about if, if for someone who's listening right now or watching right now, think about your organization and uh, think about yourself or your team. Someone who is an entrepreneur, they don't just see themselves as an employee of their organization. They really see themselves as the founder and CEO of their own book of business. And when you see yourself in that way, you decide to see yourself in that way, that's an entirely different way of operating. It's this new level of ownership. And when you take that approach, you start looking at your business differently because you're treating your territory or your book of business like a business. So you start to look at things like your test opportunities, your target markets, who are your best, best client prospects. So it's a completely different way of looking and it's a forward way of looking versus to your earlier point, the compliance way of, of operating, which is a backwards view. Yeah, I, I love it. And I think too, like being an entrepreneurial doesn't have to be a bad thing and it doesn't have to mean chaos and craziness. No, no, it's um, that, and that's, that might be what people think of when they think of an entrepreneurial environment. It's, you know, it's up all night, it's Red Bull, it's the ping pong table, right? And, and the dog in the office, which, you know, hey, if that, if that works for you, that's great. What I have found is, it, there has to be a certain level of structure to go with, with the flexibility. They, they, they balance each other out and the best run entrepreneurial ventures have really strong uh, foundation, strong structure underneath. And we could take that same concept and apply it in, in the, uh, the CPA world. I love it. I love it. So with entrepreneurship, what's the biggest thing you learned in your entrepreneurial journey from when you started till today? You know, I would say um, if I could could give you give you a two part answer on that, I would say the first thing was really the the light bulb moment that I needed to get crystal clear on where I was going to invest my limited resources. So where where was I going to target, and how was I going to invest my resources, my time, my financial resources, my people resources? So so that was the first thing. The, the second thing that I realized was, and this is a more happy accident and less strategy, I suppose, was the uh, knowing that I had the best skill in being able to sell. When you are embarking on any kind of entrepreneurial venture, whether it's inside your firm or outside your firm, the ability to sell and develop business is the top skill that really helped me not only out of the gate but but absolutely today no doubt i can see that i i know for like for me on the flip side that's been my biggest challenge is is not having that skill having other skills but trying to be okay how do i now like okay stay one day one how do i sell and like how do i figure out a process to do that having never done any training or, or process behind that like i'm very passionate and we're very passionate about what we do but yeah, that, that was a, a, a new learning curve for us. You, you've hit on something which I want to mention before I forget is um, you talk about having a business development or a sales process. Mm-hmm. And in, in so many scenarios in, in this professional services world and, and specifically in CPA firms, um, we have such, there's such rigor 
around all of the different service lines, whether it's tax, audit, cyber, you name it. Take a look at any service line in your firm and you very likely have a strong, rigorous set of processes on how to engage and how to deliver on what you promise. What if we took that same type of discipline and put it around business development and put it around marketing and we give it that same level of treatment, we could 10x our results by putting that same, by putting that same type of structure and thinking around business development and marketing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very well said with that analogy there. Think about for a firm, like how detailed the process is for the, the tax filing deadlines, you know, for Right. And there, every firm has a well-defined structure, process, system, tracking, and all that stuff. And then you ask, what's your sales process? Eh, I don't know. Right. So somebody, bring, somebody brings the business in the door and I execute on it. Yeah. Like what's, what's, yeah. Your, what's your current sales funnel? I don't know. Right. What's Bob's sales funnel? I don't know. Go ask Bob. Bob, what's, what's your sales what's your, Right. What's your average engagement, uh, your average engagement size? Well, I, you know, I don't know. Or profitability. What's what's my what's my utilization or my realization? Yeah, yeah. There's there's especially with sales. There's so many sales terms and metrics on there as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and every every industry is a little bit different. It's finding the things that work for your firm and your clients and in your service lines. Yeah. So so speaking about kind of blending firms together and sales, yeah. let's talk, dive into these kind of five dimensions. Yeah, for sure. So I know the five dimensions: agile entrepreneurial, holistic, social, and ambassador. So how do you come up with those five dimensions? So when I was doing, doing research for the book and then also doing my own client and prospecting work, where, where I really can identify with CPA firms is I do business development and I also do delivery. And so I really can empathize with, I've walked a mile in the shoes when it comes to the, the tension between business development and delivery and how important they both are to the success of a firm. Mm-hmm. In my client work, in my prospecting work, in my own research, I was starting to uncover these, I call them skills behind the skills. Mm-hmm. Because in an everyday business development environment, you still have to prospect, you still have to present, you know, respond to RFPs, you still have to negotiate, you still have to close and earn that new business. Those things are still in our everyday, everyday work. And there are lots of great resources out there on building those particular skills. But what I was starting to see were some skills behind the skills that could help us become better at those everyday skills. And so I would suggest that these five dimensions are those skills behind the skills that if we build them in business development bench strength, and even in leadership, if you're if across an organization, you build these skills, you will become more effective, more efficient, much more impactful in your everyday business development. I love it. I love it. That whole, and so I want to really ask you, especially about the holistic, how do you come up with the holistic and what does that mean? The holistic dimension. So when it comes to holistic, I think of that as the mindset of a strategic productivity. Okay. So, so, in, so in any given day, we have this finite amount of resource when it comes to our time, our energy, our motivation, and our discipline. They, they deplete as we go throughout our day. And so 
I've seen people who are really, really successful in business development and you know, making, you know, being on a leadership track within their firm as well. They're really intentional about how they invest those resources because the way in which those resources are invested on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, directly impact our business development results and also our firm results. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that dimension helps people to focus on how do I make decisions around those resources so that I can be much more effective throughout my day. And the more effective I am throughout my day with business development, the more effective I'm going to be with my clients and with my firm results. Okay. So then taking that the next, my next question off that is when should someone will be specific to CPA firms? When should someone inside a CPA firm start to learn these dimensions? Do they need to wait till they're a partner or should they start like day one? I would suggest, of course, day one. I'm a little biased in that answer, but, uh, <laughs> but I, the sooner we can build these in ourselves and in our teams, the more effective we are going to be on a number of fronts, not just business development, but also firm culture, mm-hmm. um, retention and engagement of our, our associates and our colleagues as they, they grow along their, their leadership track or wherever they happen to be the best fit in the firm. So the sooner we can put these into play, the more we'll see the results and the more impact we can have across the firm. It makes sense. I, I agree with that completely. If all these kind of non-technical skills, we've got to start like immediately. But even if your firm says, well, this is important, get the book, read it on your own time, start to learn these things. And then with that, when we talk about business development inside a firm. I think everyone needs to do it a little bit, but do you see everyone needs to kind of have a a primary business development role or some people are like really focused and others in specific accounting firms should really have like next to none on their plate because they should focus on other things? Oh, that's a really good question. I, I know that that's sort of the silver bullet question and that, that really gets to, um, it gets to organizational design in a way because I have seen a couple scenarios. I've seen one scenario where maybe a firm has dedicated business developers. They are not doing any kind of delivery. Their entire role is to uncover new opportunities, work with those who in the firm, whether that's partner, director, senior manager, whatever that looks like, to uncover those opportunities and to close those opportunities. So, so that's one, one scenario. Then there are other scenarios where you don't have those types of specific roles, but you have, have a business development component to what they do. So they are also doing business development and they're doing delivery. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give the very direct yeah. answer of it depends yeah. on, <laughs> on your firm's culture. I've seen some scenarios where if you've tried to go to a organizational design where you only have folks, um, where you have dedicated business developers, sometimes that, that model might fail in, a, in one firm, but it might be really successful in another firm depending on how you are set up. But th- those are the two that I tend, tend to see the most. Um, and how it plays out in your firm 
is really going to depend on your culture and how you want to design, uh, whether that's compensation, whether that's your go-to-market strategies. All of those things need to be taken into consideration if you're going to decide to go a specific business developer route or business developer only roles or have roles in your organization where you have dual responsibility for business development and for delivery. Yeah, I agree that there is the silver bullets a, a little elusive there. Right. <laughs> Take a step back and think about from a design standpoint, what do you want to do? Um, what makes sense for you as an organization? You got to kind of sometimes try and see what works. Um, and then realize I look at it too, you know, people are people and there's some people that may not do business development, but they're just brilliant in their own right. So I see a lot of firms, they try and fit everyone into like every partner has to sell tremendously. Mm -hmm. You've got some that are the most brilliant technical people, like stop forcing them to sell. Like they're so brilliant. Just let them be brilliant and everybody else can sell. Don't try and push people into the wrong box. I think you're, you're getting at something, you're getting at something really important, which is the overall design of your roles in your firm and making sure that people are in roles that are the right fit for them and can also stretch them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but we can, we will have longer term, higher engagement and retention when we have people in the right places in their firm. Um, with that said, I, I'm thinking of a couple of firms that I'm working with right now that want to provide a development opportunity for people that are in that manager, senior manager type of role because they are seen as emerging business developers and future partners of the firm. And the, the, the road to partnership goes through a book of business and having to develop a book of business. And business development can be used as a... Um, it can be used as a way to incent and build your future business development bench strength and, and use it as an, as, a, as an opportunity versus, oh, this is just something that I have to do. Yeah, that's the important part. I, I really like that. I mean, that intentional design and kind of seeing where it goes and realizing that that's the path to partner, but, but what is it going to take? And start now. Start now learning these skills. Yep. So with your training, if, I'm sure you've taken – hundreds and thousands of people through your training. What commonalities do you see people that go through it and successfully really embrace those five dimensions? Yeah. So, um, so when I'm doing, so when I'm designing training, so, some training is designed around the dimensions. I also have a business development framework that I've designed and there's a curriculum that, that goes with that, that I will also roll out into firms. So, so they're, they're complementary, but mm -hmm. sometimes, um, but depending on the need at the firm, we will we'll tailor it to what, whatever that particular need is. A couple of the, the common things that I tend to see is one needing to make that mindset shift that, that you had talked about earlier on into that trusted advisor, advisor type of role, because that's a major component to being successful in business development. So, so that's one thing. Um, the second thing I would say is busting the myth around um, sales having a negative connotation and how important it is to firm success to build a sales and business development culture. And selling and business development is, in, a, in its simplest terms, is helping our prospects and clients solve their biggest challenges so they can be successful. Um, and it, it 
can be very professional. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a process that we can take them through to help them be successful. So, so making that mindset shift too. Um, and then the third thing I would say is back to my earlier comments around putting the rigor and the process around it. Once you see that there's a framework, you can start to see where your prospects and clients can fit into the framework or you can tailor it to them. And it's like, oh, I can see how I can go one, one step at a time through a framework to help solve these problems and, and to earn business. And, and we, we just, we have to practice it. We have to go through it and we have to master it in order for it to become part of the firm culture. I like it. And that, yeah, mindset, make that mindset shift, embrace it. So you mentioned process there a couple of times. Yeah. So do you recommend that any professional service firm, a CPA firm to help with that process needs to invest in some form of CRM type system or just kind of like, Hey, start with Excel or just where do you kind of see that? software going because most CPA firms don't even know what CRM is. Yeah. So, so I would say again, that's going to depend on the size of your firm, the, the level of investment that you need to be making, whether it's on, on the low end, it is as simple as maintaining a, a spreadsheet or a simple database all the way up through a more sophisticated CRM. But the more sophisticated the firm, like the larger the firm, the more offerings that there are, the more people that there are involved in business development, you're starting to bring together marketing and sales engines, and that would likely call for more, more sophisticated type of technology to be invested in um, so that your business development process can also be aligned to the way that you set up your CRM. For a smaller firm and fewer people that are doing um, business development, a lower level entry level type of CRM is something that can still be cost effective and provide the opportunity for a, a single, a single point of holding all of these opportunities and being able to have a baseline of sophistication in terms of how you are managing your pipeline, how you are moving opportunities through, how you are holding people accountable. Yeah, and I think especially the, the price point even for a small firm is relatively easy to overcome. The systems are no longer these huge enterprise systems that cost a fortune. You know, some of you can probably get the free version just to have something to track like some base framework. And, and many of them, I, I definitely would not say that I'm a CRM expert by any stretch. Um, I, know, I know what I know from my own trial and error, yeah. but uh, be, being, a, being a smaller firm myself, um, we use a CRM. And we use something that it's a, it's a subscription-based, web-based application. It doesn't require major investments. And it's something that gives us more sophistication, more rigor, a single point of contact. And mm -hmm. we use it. We, we customize our pipelines. So I have different pipelines based on the service offerings. I have a pipeline uh, for marketing and for podcasts podcasts, guest blogging, guest articles. We run a pipeline just for that. And we treat our marketing activities with pipeline, just like we treat our business development activities. That's great. And the software allows you to do that in a more systematic way. And, and sure, it doesn't Absolutely. cost you a fortune. Yep. Yeah. It, it's a low investment, financial investment, low technology investment, but it gives us the sophistication that we need um, to be able to run our business well. Yeah. So, so moving past the technology, we'll bring it yeah. back to you here. Sure. Uh, 
you've definitely had tremendous success in your career going from working inside IBM Lenovo to what you're doing today. What do you think has helped you be so successful along this journey? Oh, so right? there's so, so, so many different things. Um, if I take it to, if I kind of frame up my answer to that in terms of some of the things that I write about in the book, mm-hmm. I would say that uh, one of them is absolutely uh, agility. And if you, if you take a look at my career, I've, I've had a fairly winding career. Um, and in fact, uh, most of us will have up to seven distinct careers in our lifetime that don't necessarily have any crossover um, for many different reasons. Some are, some are cultural reasons, organizational, economic, re- economic reasons, but we will have up to seven distinct careers in our lifetime. And so I would say agility is one of the hallmarks that I've had to learn in order to be able to shift and pivot, reinvent when I've needed to in order to build build new success. Um, Agility is something that wasn't even on the radar 20 years ago. Um, The Center for for Creative Leadership has done some research in this space, and it has only been in the past – 10 years, let's call it, that adaptability and agility have made its way onto the radar in terms of top skills that organizations are looking to hire for. And in 2022, those are going to be top, the top one, top three skills in the top three that organizations are going to be looking for. So, so I would say agility and the ability to pivot has been critical to my, my success. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that on my side. Yeah, we, we, could, we call it flexibility, but it's that same thing. Mm-hmm. Can you be flexible as you go through your everyday challenges? And sometimes that means pivoting, a big pivot, a small pivot. And sometimes that means realizing that you know, what I'm doing maybe isn't the best thing I should be doing right now. And, and I'll extend that to say part of that agility goes to how we work with our clients too. Mm-hmm. In that advisor role, the more agile we are, the more that we can help our prospects and clients with that same agility, that builds our credibility and that builds our trust, their trust in us and can increase the odds of us earning business with them because they see us as part of their team and helping them adapt and be successful. Yeah, exactly. We got we to mirror that. Yeah. So do that. Yep. So also with this journey you've made, I know you do a lot of um, speaking, you do a bunch of keynotes. How did you learn to do that successfully coming from the B2B sales side? Because it's obviously, I tell people, no one teaches you how to deliver a keynote or an exciting session. How did you go about learning those skills? Yeah, sure. So, um, so coming, from a, from, coming from a selling background, I've definitely had my fair share of client presentations and, and being in a client-facing role. And part of that has helped me in the transition to, to keynote speaking. So part of my business is keynote speaking. The other part of the business is, uh, is training. They, and those two things usually tie together. So just like, just like anything, it's, uh, that keynote speaking is a skill, whether it's you're in front of an audience of 500 people or you're speaking to an audience of 20 and you're, you're taking them through a, a workshop style. Um, so I really had to get clear on the types of audiences that were a good fit for me 
and the types of uh, speaking engagements that, that I wanted to, wanted to take on. But then the skill of speaking, I have done things like um, I joined Toastmasters okay. early on. I am a member of the National Speakers Association, which teaches the, the skill of speaking in addition to the business of speaking. So I, f I find my communities where I can learn the skills and get connected to people that um, maybe we're on the same journey together and we can learn from each other, push each other. And then um, I also had to realize what I could and couldn't do in terms of building the business. And so I actually hired a speaker agent who uh, works for me and helps me fill the, the top of the funnel with the opportunities uh, so to speak, so that we can uh, we can accelerate our results more quickly. So, so those are just those are just a few things that have helped me. Yeah, Molly, you were clearly you were to your word you used earlier. You were intentional in how you went about that. Of okay, I need to, to learn some skills, get support, and build the sales funnel behind that, so I can focus on my value add pieces. Yeah, and um, it's there's. There's only so much that, and I think this is true with sales and business development too, you've got to just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there, there is the point where you, you can take the courses, you can work with someone like me in sales, or I can go to all the workshops in the world, but it's the transition from learning to application. And that's a, um, that, can, that can feel really intimidating mm -hmm. if you've never done it before. Um, and that's okay. You've just, you've just got to get out there and you've got to do and apply and learn and keep applying. That's the agility part because otherwise we just get paralyzed by it and we never actually do. And so I, I apply those same lessons to sales and business development also. I love it. It's so important. And they can tell it's, it's helped you be successful. So Amy, last question for you is, as we wrap up here, yeah. what does it mean successful? Success means different thing to, to everybody different. We always like to ask our guests, one, how do you define success to you? And then will there ever be a point in your career where you're content? So let me answer the second question first. Okay. So contentment, that it's a, I love that question because there is a balance between being content with where you are today and also being comfortable with the gap, as I've heard it described, of where you want to be tomorrow. If we're never content with where we're at in the accomplishments that we're making, there, there's always kind of this, this void, if you will. And I'm a very driven person. I've had to, it's been a process to say, to be, I'm content with where I am today because I've made all these steps to get here. And, and it's an and thing, and I'm driven to get to the next thing. Because every time we make an accomplishment, there is a gap there's something else we want and then there's a gap. So balancing contentment and accomplishment today with where we wanna be in the future and not being satisfied. It's like, it's like being satisfied and not satisfied all at the same time. Yes. So I don't know if I articulated that very well, but that, that's, the, that's the second, the answering the second question. I would say for the first question, um, how I define success has probably evolved over, over time. How I define success today is, am I being a, a standout in every aspect of my life, personal and professional? Am I, approaching my, am I approaching my business life and my professional life 
in wanting to always become better and to be a standout? And am I creating an environment of, am I creating an environment of leadership where I have the opportunity to make an impact, create a legacy, and to really have a, a ripple effect of impact and influence on, on those around me? So, so that, that's how I define success today. I love it. I love it. It's so important. And in, in I know I love when I hear back from our, 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 our listeners on that comment that they're always kind of surprised that it's, it's that those answers are never what they expect from successful people. And it's great to kind of open people's eyes to what that, how people really answer that question. Because you have preconceived notions about successful people and what success does or doesn't mean to them. So Amy, any final words? Before yeah. You? And you know, if you would have asked me that question, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah, I agree. That question changes. Um, I was just going to say, any final words before we wrap up? Yeah, you know, I will. I, I would say the final words to to leave with the audience is um, in in my line of work. I often get asked, you know, how do I define leadership? You know, you ask how I define success, but I also get asked how do I define leadership, and uh, I I like to define leadership as you know, really being willing to take that step out of our comfort zones. Yeah. And the more that we take the steps out of our comfort zones and we're, we're willing to go beyond what we think we can do, it, it expands our, it expands our vision of ourselves and the impact that we can have on others. So I think that would probably be, be the final, final words for our listeners. Look for those ways to push yourself out of your comfort zone, whether it's in business development or, or in something else so to expand your vision of yourself. You know, my, one of my partners, Dr. Sean is always saying, you know, just try and level up every day, do something to push those boundaries. Oh, I love that. Level up every day. That's a very, that, that is a really articulate way of describing that. I love it. Man's nothing but articulate. So uh, Amy, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out Amy's book on Amazon, The Modern Seller, and take a deeper dive in understanding those five dimensions. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I know I did. Amy is currently offering a free chapter to all, all of our listening audience. We'll put a link below. You can also go to amyfranco.com and click on the book link at the top of the page to download your free chapter. As always, I want to challenge you to take steps today to change the world and invest in yourself. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you choose to listen. If you want to take a step to reconceptualize your life and become an entrepreneurial CPA, click the link in the description wherever you are listening to this episode and join one of our entrepreneurial CPA groups. Take that positive step to invest in yourself. As always, we challenge you today to take action to change the world and invest in yourself.